Hello, and welcome to the new episode of In Love With The Process. I am your host, Mike Pecci, fresh off a long overdue two-week vacation through Italy. My God, it was gorgeous. Gina and I joined my parents on an epic voyage through Rome, Cortona, Florence, Lake Como, and Siena. Those of you who follow my Instagram know how much I love food, and Jesus Christ, I had some life-changing meals over the past 11 days. Yeah. Uh, So speaking of food, on this episode, I am trying out something new, an interview over a homemade meal, a hangout while making gourmet sandwiches. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, the best way to break the ice with someone that you are just getting to know, or a really good way to start a good, solid conversation with friends is to feed them. Bring them right into the kitchen and let them be a part of the cooking process, making them taste food and drink beers. Uh, And today's guest is perfect for this. Uh, He is literally one of my favorite people on earth. Anytime I put together a crew for a shoot, he is top of the list. Uh, Mr. Anthony Jarvis, director of photography, cameraman, like all around jack of all trades. Uh, If you don't know his name yet, you will. Uh, Jarvis has shot quite a few of my short films, including Moped Nights. He did The Dead Can't Be Distracted. Uh, He also shot a bunch of music videos with us, uh, whether he was a camera operating on a bunch of Kill Switch Engage stuff. He actually was the DP on the Always video, which we talk about on the show. Uh, and most recently, and I will say, I will go out on the line and say his best work yet is, uh, his work that he did for Ian's, uh, Godfathers of Hardcore, uh, which is a really beautifully shot, intimate portrait of the band Agnostic Front, uh, and Jarvis does some really gorgeous interviews in that, and he went on the road and traveled with the band through Europe and shot a bunch of really fantastic footage, um, and right now the film is doing... Uh, exceptional in the festival circuit. It just screened um, in London, um, and uh, I know Jarvis and Ian were out there supporting it. Uh, so uh, if you haven't had a chance to see it yet, I definitely would uh, try to see it at one of these screenings uh, and uh, write to Jarvis and tell him what a great job he did because I'm really proud of the dude for it. What I love about this episode is that it's totally real. It's like stream of consciousness kind of stuff. And it's it's exactly what happens every time Jarvis and I get together and hang out. Um, and you'll see, we sort of go all over the place, but it's real unedited. And I just love that about this episode. Um, and it's hard not to have so much fun when hanging out with this guy. I mean, he's a grown up five-year-old <laughs> with a severe case of ADD, a love of music, comics, and cinema who just brings the fun out of everything. Uh, And we both had such a great time recording this episode and lost track of time. So I'm going to break it into two parts because why the fuck not? So do yourself a favor, make a sandwich, grab a beer or two and sit down and have lunch on In Love With The Process. Check, check, check. Check on your end. Hey, hey, hello. Hey, how are you? Good. All right. So, hey, Jarvis, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Cool, dude. I'm, I'm so glad I finally get to be here. It's so much fun. <laughs> I'm super excited to have you on. Hell buddy. yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, you and I have been friends now for how long? Uh, it's going to be like uh, seven or eight years now. Whenever uh, I, I use the milestone is uh, the Zarface video. That was like the first 
real thing we did together. Was that the that first very one? Very first one. Yeah, the one with the uh, bodyguards, the multiple bodyguards. Oh, uh, with Inspector Deck. Yeah, what year was that? Was that 2011? Oh, Jesus, dude. I'm so bad with numbers. I know. I think it was somewhere around that. So whenever that video came out, that was like the first time me and you worked together. We'd met a little bit before that, but uh, yeah, I think that was the first video we worked together. So I kind of used that as the marker of when our, our friendship began to blossom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, cool. I'm really excited. So, yeah. so the guys, so that uh, the listeners at home know what's going on, I'm doing something a little bit differently today. Uh, I am sticking with the motif of fuck good audio because that's like my new motif. Uh, and today we're gonna we're, I'm gonna make you some lunch, man. Hell yeah, like, I, well, I love it. I love one of my favorite things to do for people that I love is make a sandwich for somebody. I think it's like, <laughs> and I love to eat, so that it works out that works out perfectly. <laughs> I actually like the, the the thing I cherish about our friendship is you've always taken me to like the best food spots. Like anytime we've ever traveled together or when we're just chilling and stuff like the the best example was in San Francisco when we went to that uh what was it the sign was the pig i forget the name of the spot but it was that barbecue joint in San Francisco yeah it was like really ritzy uh and they uh we had like i had remember i had ribs and they were so good where the fuck was that i don't know i can't remember the name of it the only place i can think of it it wasn't Tommy's joint Tommy's joint is no. the rotisserie place yeah no amazing. it wasn't Tommy's it was like almost very hipstery uh like new wave barbecue like it's, everything inside looked very hipstery, like Lower Alston, and uh, but it, it the food was amazing. Oh, it was so good! I can't remember the name. I just remember the sign was a pig. Uh, I can't remember either. Maybe I lost that memory in the ice skating accident, <laughs> <laughs> or the amount of booze we had on that trip too. Yeah. Jesus Christ! That, totally. that, that also reminds me of that bar too. Remember the bar with the uh, the jacuzzi, the, the <laughs> with the porn playing on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> was that the bar? No, wait, that was the bar with the converted van. Uh, yes. The, the converted uh, van. Cozy car. Was, was it called Cozy car? Yeah, with the K, remember? Oh my God. K O Z Y K A R. Because I had Nick on, because Nick was with us. Oh, you guys are trying to remember it. And we couldn't remember what That's the right. name of it was. That's right. I forgot about that. But I, I, I hope it's still there, because I last time I was in San Fran, I think it was after I was there with you guys. Mm-hmm. Last time I was in there, it was really changing because of the whole mm-hmm. fucking dot com, like mm-hmm. fucking bullshit yeah, that's yeah, going yeah. on there. But. Um, I, I hope it's still there. I, I, I still want to go back to that. That spot was awesome. What was it? They were they were intercutting like browser videos with um, <laughs> what's the name <laughs> of that? Like it was like that seventies, um, not Starsky and Hutch, but it was like along those lines. I can't remember the name of the. Was it co- chips? No, it wasn't chips. It was like one of those two name dealios. Speaking of speaking of chips, yeah. Ooh, ASMR. Get ready for this. <laughs> oh, I hate those videos. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're like. I fucking hate those videos. (laughs) It's so weird, but it's a whole culture, dude. And sometimes I'm into it because I'm constantly looking for like how to do better sound, like really good sound recording stuff. And they always come the fuck up. And and I hear them and and that bit where they fucking run their like long fingernails over the fucking microphone. I I just just want to murder you. I just want to murder you. And apparently it gives people boners. It does, yeah. It's very arousing. But it's also yeah, it's it's all it does all different things to different people, I guess. (laughs) It's like uh, uh, popping bubbles, like uh, the uh, uh, bubble wrap. It's like it's that type of shit. Like like or like the fucking gooey squishy shit. (laughs) That that shit. The. All right, all right, all right. So <laughs> we're already off the rails. Oh my god, this is, I knew this was gonna happen. I love it. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna make a sandwich. Okay. So I got some. Um, for those of you who uh, don't live in Boston, one of the best parts about living this close to Waltham is that I'm gonna plug them, even though they're not sponsoring it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, you can get a sponsor. It's fucking sick. Russos, man. Hell yeah, but R- great produce. Oh my god, and 
Their deli is amazing. Have mm -hmm. you ever had their Tuscan ham? No. Ooh, I'm looking forward to this. Oh, God. Hell yeah. So we're going to do Tuscan ham sandwiches with a little bit of dried salami. Ooh, a salam. A little bit of that. A little bit of the salam. It's the guinea. It's, <laughs> it's the guineas in us. Good. Um, I just finished sweating out all the meat from uh, my trip to Italy a few months ago. Oh, so my God. Yeah, where'd you, go? where'd you go in Italy? Uh, Florence, Venice, and uh, San Genesio. We went, and, uh, we went and saw where my grandfather was born. So I went with my mom and her cousins. And uh, we went to like, it's about an hour south of Florence. They live in this like tiny little mountain town. Um, and like a bunch of my family still lives there. So we went and visited them and ate and it was incredible. Fuck was, yeah, dude. The meat, dude. Oh my God. I remember they took us to this deli where it was just wooden rafters above your head and hanging every like couple inches was just a full pig leg drying out the um, oh, prosciutto. The prosciutto? Yeah, yeah, just hanging on the ceiling. It was amazing. And they just pull it down for you and slice off a piece. It, it always blows my mind because, you know, being a dumb American, <laughs> When you go to the deli, you're like, oh, sliced meat and stuff like that. Yeah. But then you go and it's just like a whole fucking like yeah. wild boar leg. It's hanging. awesome. It's it, so cool. I just want to take a bite out of it. Like, <laughs> hang from the, the ceiling. All right. So um, do you like everything, dude? What I do. do yeah. Like? I'm not I'm not picky. All right. Actually, so. onion is the one thing I can uh, do without. We don't have to. All right. Cool. We don't have but to. But other than that, I'm. that up for ages. You ever have, uh, you ever have uh, Asian pear? Yes. Yeah. Delicious. Fucking awesome. Oh, hell yeah. I should have brought, I had a. Uh, we, we just went to the Guinness factory last week, and uh, we bought some Guinness mustard, whole grain mustard. It was really, that would have been good shit. I didn't even think to bring it over. I'll bring it, I'll bring it over next time we hang out. So while I'm, while I'm cutting here, let's just talk. Let's catch everybody up, because uh, some people may not be familiar with what it is that you do. So I think the best way to describe you is, a, is an all-around DP slash camera guy. Right? Yeah, yeah. I try, I try to keep it pretty, pretty wide, you know, like a utility player. I love to light, though. That's like my favorite it's just sculpting light and doing all that stuff. But yeah, DP is like what I get hired for most of the time, most of my jobs. And then if you guys are fans of uh, the stuff that I've done, Jarvis was DP on uh, Moped Nights, mm -hmm. right? Yep, and, and you, the uh, Dead Can't Be Distracted. Uh, on the movie that no one gets. Yeah, see. yeah, right. I think <laughs> most people that probably listen to this show have know about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate that that could never come out, but... I felt like such a piece of shit, man, because... You know, as a as a director with no money, part of the whole fucking uh, draw for you guys as a crew is like, we'll do something amazing. Everybody's yeah. going to be able to fucking see it. Yeah. Uh, and then the goddamn mouse came in. Mm. Yeah. No, it was fun nonetheless, though. Like we got we, we got some beautiful shots out of it, at least for reels and stuff. You oh, know? for sure. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. And, and that was uh, was that the first was that the first job we did with Nick? With uh, yes. Yeah. yeah that that, so we bonded and I love that kid to death. He's one of my favorite dudes. Do you remember, we talked about this when he was on my show. Do you remember, and you can snack on any of the shit that you want, by the way. I'm, uh, these chips are killer. Are these Kip Cod? Mm -hmm. oh, salt and vinegar. Oh, mm -hmm. oh my God, it's so good. Do you remember when we were shooting the, the, the bit and there was this part where I wanted the Punishers, or the guy who might be the Punisher, his hands to be all fucking gnarly? Yeah. And then he went out and started punching stuff. <laughs> like running him over the fucking sidewalk? Yeah. <laughs> His, his knuckles were all grizzled from just him tearing them up for like 25 minutes. And then he comes in and he shows me. I'm like, dude, we have a makeup person. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's a method actor. I mean, you can't, can't stop him for that, right? Mm -hmm. um, Nick's the best. He's such a charming boy. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't even like... Uh, he's... Oh, my God. He's so handsome. He was, it was a lot of fun uh, down the Cape with uh, getting to 
reconnect with everybody too and just having nick around for the weekend was a lot of fun oh yes i don't really think i've cool. talked about it on the show yet oh really but uh uh gina put on a really amazing 40th birthday for me and she got all the guys together it was a amazing surprise i had no fucking idea i know it was so hard to keep it from you because you guys were playing on that shit since like march or something yeah yeah she put it in my ear yes but it was probably it had to be early march yeah, she she put the bug in our ear, and uh, we'd been so excited. It was so hard to not like let it slip. I'm surprised Gina didn't let it slip. Of all oh, well, people, she would start acting weird at the house, and and I would just look at her going like, "What the fuck is wrong here? Why are you such you a bitch? bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is your problem? Yeah, she started to act really strange. It's it's certain. Like she she'd be on the phone, and she'd have a fucking nightmare on the phone. I'm like, "Who are you talking to?" And she's like, "Uh, no one." <laughs> Oh, that's not obvious, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> but she did such a killer job. She did. It was awesome. The house was beautiful. Oh, yeah. We but it was good to just chill, like, uh, the just sitting out in that backyard and just, like, playing games and drinking beer was a lot of fun. She, well, because her and I had always talked about it uh, for years. I was like, I want to rent a cottage. She ended up renting this place down on the Cape. And I was like, I want to rent a cottage and I want to get the right people there um, and then just have food um and just relax and usually mm -hmm. whenever being the director slash producer that i am usually whenever we do like a barbecue or an event i'm usually in charge of food i'm yeah. usually in charge of all that stuff mm -hmm. this was the first time in like fucking like 10 years mm. yeah you were just chilling it was awesome dude i mean we, although you we, made sausages i did, one night, I did. And that was amazing i did make sausages let's night. not forget about that yeah but, <laughs> you did get to cook yeah, well because the kitchen was awesome in that yeah. kind of place dope um, but then, you know, I spent most of the time playing, I, I think I played eight hours of fucking bocce. Yeah. It that sounds like, about right. It was like, holy shit. And you were scorched. We were all scorched. Oh my from God. From just dude. being out in the sun. A bunch of indoor kids playing out in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had a blast, man. It was such a great group of people. And I was, yeah. I was bummed that it didn't last longer. It should have been a week. We're going to have to do more of those, man. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We're going to have to do we more. We should make it a uh, summer thing, like beginning welcoming in the summer. Fuck yeah. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, sure. I loved it. It was just great. It was great hanging out with Kruda and, and Lance and everybody, you know? Having China and Heather there, too. Like, that was great. China flew over from, like... I know. Seattle, right? No, she was in, like, she was in, like, the UK, and then... That's right. I saw her briefly when we were out in LA, and I was pitching... And then uh, we went from there. Uh, we're, we're talking about this as if everybody at, the, at home knows who these it's fucking all inside, are. It's all inside. It's all inside. It's like shit. Okay. Well, <laughs> let me try to keep this interesting. Yeah, for folks sorry, guys. Back at home. Uh, so, <laughs> how did you get into? Like, how did you get started with uh, camera stuff? Oh man. Uh, well, the the one memory in particular I have, I was at. Uh, it was like my uncle's wedding, and I remember someone handed me a camera, and they were like, "Play around with this." I was probably like eight years old. It was yeah. like an old video camera, little VHS shoulder mount cameras. And they asked me, they're like, yeah, go around and just ask people how they're doing and, you know, how uh, say some nice words to the married couple and whatnot. So I just ran around as a kid with a camera and that all kind of just spawned everything. And Really? Yeah, it's kind of what I actually was going up to people that weren't even at the wedding. And like, they're like, I don't know who these people are, but I send them my best wishes. And it was, it was really funny. I was being wicked annoying. But uh, so that then once I got into high school. We didn't have like a photography studio, like a dark room and all that set up. So instead we had a TV studio, uh -huh. uh, multicam with like a big switcher and, 
you know, multi-monitors. It was actually really cool. It was pretty advanced. For my school, I went to a tiny public school. And, uh, Did you want to mention where? Where'd you go? Uh, Millis High School. Okay. I don't know if your listeners know where that is. It's about 45 minutes west of Boston, yeah. uh, southwest a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I graduated with like 70 people. My school was tiny. Oh, wow. Dude. And yeah, so it was, it was really cool to have like a little mini TV studio in the school. And what we would do is like me and my buddies, we had a green screen there. So it was like our first getting to play with green screen and just oh, being wacky. Shit. Yeah. So we had like me and my, my buddies would just make up fake talk shows and stupid, you know, out in the field, um, little shorts and stuff. And, uh-huh. and yeah, it just, that kind of spawned my passion. I've always loved watching movies. Like it's ever since I was a kid and to have a, a whole studio where I could do that was, uh, it fueled the fire. And then from there I went to college and <clears throat> got a digital filmmaking bachelor's degree. And where'd you go? Where'd you go to school? I went to AI in uh, Brookline, New England Institute of Art. Really? Um, but now it's closed, which sucks because I guess they're ripping students off. Uh, isn't that, isn't, I mean, I, I'm such a cynic when it comes to colleges in general. I know, that is isn't it. that kind of isn't that kind of what colleges in general absolutely. are doing right now? Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? It uh, it, it gave me some great um, connections to people. Like a lot of people I still work with today, which is great. Um, like my buddy Tim Dennison, I work with constantly. He he went to school there. We, that's where we met. Uh, <clears throat> it just gave me a good a good idea on how to network. And also, one of the greatest things I learned out of that school was. Uh, trying to keep myself as like a, a multi-tool person, someone who can do multiple things, not yes. just pigeonhole yourself as a cinematographer. They taught me how to run audio, how to, how to work in a studio, how to work in a field, single, multicam, et cetera, all that stuff. And that was like one of the, I think that was the best thing to happen um, for me career-wise, was just to not focus so much on one particular thing. Instead, spread yourself out a little bit. Nice. But, yeah, but obviously DP has become the forefront uh, in the last 10 years, 10 or 12 years, uh, it's become my, my main bread and butter. Well, you're great at it, dude. Thank like, you. Uh, Appreciate the one it. thing that we didn't mention as well, because I'm such a shitty host right now, I'm <laughs> making sandwiches at the same time, um, <laughs> is that you just finished shooting uh, The Godfather's a Hardcore for you. Well, Ian. yeah, not just finished. I mean, we've been done with that for, as of this recording, probably, what, two years now? Yeah. It's crazy. It's Time it, flies. It, it, I mean, you finished shooting two years ago, but then the movie Ian, yeah, Ian's been doing a lot of work. Uh since my work finished. Um, but yeah, yeah, we DP'd that and it was an, that was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had career wise. Top three, um, for sure. I would even say probably number one. I mean, I got to, you know, tour with Agnostic Front, uh, live on their bus for a couple weeks, live with Roger for, you know, a couple <laughs> weeks, hang out at Vinny, Vinny's house in New York. Uh, it was really interesting. It was cool. And it was also a learning experience. Like, uh, I I feel like Ian and I were definitely like we were forming stylistically like going into it we knew what we wanted to do but um we also I think we did it the hardest way possible like a lot we did we had a lot of gear that for so much moving around that we did and I feel like in looking back at it now it's like wow I could have really streamlined everything and made it a lot tighter and we could have done this a little a few things differently but i think that's a part of the process you know i think <laughs> learning learning how to make the next shoot better is something you learn from each shoot and um yeah that was the best experience i've my interviews have changed completely since shooting that just the way that i approach them light wise and and frame wise and it was really cool it was a really fun project and um uh, very excited to see what the future holds for that film we yeah, it's cool beautiful, things. dude. I mean, I, I, you did a phenomenal. I've seen your growth since you've been working with yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's. Uh, I've seen my growth. It's crazy. When I go back, whenever I revise my demo reel, I see it's like shit. Like 
this yeah. is, I got to get rid of all this old crap. It looks like garbage. <laughs> that's, that's a big part of it, man. Yeah. It's sort of, cause as a shooter, if you're a busy shooter, you never really have time to work on your demo. Uh, of course. Yeah, I hadn't touched mine for like three or four years, I think, since the last revision. Yeah, and at that point, people ask while yeah. you're out, like, hey, can you send me? And you're like, oh, fuck, it doesn't look as good as it's supposed to look. Yeah, know? and you just end up sending them like a handful of links to like <laughs> stuff you've done. Yeah. I've, I've done that a couple times. <laughs> yeah, here's a trailer to The Godfathers. I haven't put it in my reel yet. <laughs> okay, so sandwiches are done. Awesome. Help yourself. You're allowed to chew. Hold on a sec as I reset my mic. So we are doing an ASMR podcast right yeah go fuck yourself we're, we're gonna we're gonna eat this sandwich and we're, we're gonna it's gonna be some <laughs> oh my god look at this thing actually should you take a photo for the blog oh yeah 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 before i take a bite out of this thing you should definitely uh, blog it we yeah. should, uh, isn't it this is the most interesting podcast material right here is the sound of me <laughs> using my fucking iphone like like every rude prick on america right now let me hold on. Let me get some good shots of my food before I eat it. Give me a better background. Mmm, mmm. That's what we're eating. Okay. It's eat. so. Look how fat this thing is. It's supposed to be. Ooh. This is how you make real sandwiches. I do not appreciate a thin sandwich. No. <laughs> I think thin, thin sandwiches are the bane of human existence. I I'm uh, I come from the um, a very big Italian family, so we like everything to be big. Thick slices of bread. Thick slices of meat. <laughs> Like we we go hard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's try it. Let's yeah, try it. Let's yeah. see what it tastes like. Let's see what kind of bread is this? So, I hope you like olives. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's Kalamata olive loaf. So good. Mm. Funny story about olives, though. I used to actually not. I used to hate them immensely, but I've grown into liking them. Oh, good I thing went, you do. I know, right? I went to uh, when I was in Italy. We also went to Greece and I had some really good olives. It was awesome. I love fucking olives, man. It's delicious. Yeah, so the apple, the apple's got is there that Asian pear in there? And oh, yeah, I, pear. Sorry, mm-hmm. and then I found a a garlic mustard. Mmm, that's really good. What is this thing? It's um, that's it. Roasted garlic mustard. What brand is that? Stonewall Kitchen. It's that Stonewall Kitchen stuff. They're everywhere right now, and uh, ooh, their stuff is so good. Hits you in the back of the sinuses. Yeah, I like it. Mustards are my big thing. I'm not a me mayo too. guy. Yeah, me neither. I'm a mustard guy too. I like that zing, the zing of a mustard seed. Yeah, you know? it's it, like I'm, I'm addicted to salt and vinegar. That's why mm. we have salt and vinegar chips oh, so as good. well. So, good. so yeah, we got um, uh, olive loaf bread with uh, that fucking Tuscan ham, a uh, little bit of uh, dry salami, mm. some lettuce, some uh, mild cheddar, uh, a bit of a hummus, a red roasted pepper hummus spread, and uh, fresh dill. Mm. Uh, yeah, the dill's a nice little, like, refreshing summer herb. I recently found dill again. Really? And I was just because I was at Russo's, plug, they should they should pay me for this. <laughs> I was recently at Russo's, and I was like, what the fuck is the deal with dill? And if you just eat dill on its own, it's so buttery. Yeah. Right? It's wonderful, dude. Uh, it, my girlfriend, Kira, actually, um, she grows tons of herbs, and she grows dill. So she uses it in everything, so I've, I've grown quite fond of it. Oh. It's so delicious. And I'm a huge pickle fan, which I'm psyched to see this enormous spear mm-hmm. pickle that you put in front of me. Mm-hmm. What uh, what brand is that? Is that Grillo's? No, it's, no, it's all, Russo's it's brand as well. Awesome. So who knows? It could come from could somewhere be. else, and they repackage it, and they just put a Russo sticker on it. It's a good ass pickle. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, do a good job, right? It's got good crunch. Mm-hmm. And that's how I like a good pickle. I don't like soft pickles. Yeah. Uh, see, what a great episode. <laughs> 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 see how well this one works out. Mm. 
this mm. uh, this episode is um is gonna be more of a hang session than like uh yeah, for sure <laughs> like I want your fan your all everyone who listens to this show needs to feel like they're actually here hanging out with us yeah because this is part of what you know what the process is for me is it's this yeah and this is something that we've done before when we travel yeah I specifically set aside a couple of days either ahead or mm-hmm. in the back end to have fun and to go around and eat food mm-hmm. and do shit because typically what happens with us is we get whenever you get hired on a production it's usually the end of the fucking world for whoever the client is mm-hmm. and it's like you got to turn this shit around you got to do 15 hour days you got to work your fucking ass off and you got to work real hard which yeah. i don't mind doing me neither yeah. that's part of the job of course but the other part about uh, uh, shooting and movie stuff for me, and this goes back to my old romantic notion of like the Wild West almost. Okay. Where for me, it's always like old cowboys getting together. So you get a job. Yeah, hang out at a saloon. You so know, someone's yeah. like, you got to rob a fucking train. Like, <laughs> All right, I know a guy that's good with explosives. I know a guy that's good with crowd distractions. You know what I mean? Like all that shit. And you got to bond with those guys because you're going to be working together. Exactly. You're going to yeah. be in like high stress situations. Mm-hmm. You gotta, um, you gotta see. You gotta make sure they're they're good people too. Like you don't want to you don't want to yes. get to a you don't want to be in the middle of a bank robbery and you have that one guy who's unstable that just melts down. Like, you don't want something like that. No, dude. And and they stick out like a sore thumb when yeah. you get on set. And yep. usually when they're when you're younger and you're doing free stuff, mm-hmm. that's when you start to find these people. That's mm-hmm. when you start to find the people that you're like, I can rely on this guy. He's a good gunslinger. Mm-hmm. You know, I can rely on this guy. He's good for this. Or I can rely on this girl. Cause she's really awesome. He ties this. a really good rope. He can bound exactly. up a bunch of people. <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But the thing I love about you and this show is all about you today. So, Oh, thanks babe. <laughs> and I love chewing with a full mouth. <laughs> I know I'm trying to like pull away every Mm-mm. time I take a bite Mm-mm. so that I'm not chewing in people's ears. Mm-mm. Enjoy it. I highly suggest at home you guys make yourself a sandwich right now. Pause it. Go make yourself a sandwich so that you can chew with us so you don't feel left out. Hell yeah. And then just don't chew too loudly that you can't hear us. Yeah, put on some (laughs) headphones. So the thing I love about you, man, and this gets into like set etiquette, which I think is like an interesting thing to talk about. Definitely. Because is that your fucking phone? Sorry. Oh my God. I put it in my pocket. Speaking of set etiquette. So. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) So. Hanging out with people, what you've been really good at, and one of the reasons why I love to have you on the set, it isn't just because you're good at what you do. Because I'd rather have people that I love mm-hmm. more than a, an asshole that's really fucking great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, have the, you have this ability to bring such a, a, a levity to the set, to when, when shit gets stressed out. You and I and Tony, we usually end up in that mode where we start like chanting the most inappropriate... <sighs> Yeah. Terrible things when we're shooting. Yeah, we get very punchy, but punchy in a, a comedic way, though. Yeah. We're not mean like some people can be on set. Yes. No. We, we like to have fun. I don't like being on a set where people aren't laughing and smiling. And so I know what happens. I get stressed out. It happens to everybody. But I would rather make people laugh than, than have, than just put too much work on someone. You know, like yeah. it's, it's, some people, some people can't handle the stress. I'd rather everybody be comfortable and have fun. And because this not, I don't like to treat it as a job on set. I like it to be as much as it is a job. And as much as I love working hard, uh, it also needs, there needs to be a little bit of fun in there. Yeah. If it's not fun, then people are miserable. They don't want to work with you again. You there's, know, there's a lot of people that forget that at least when we do our movie ship, that the fact that we're there is a fucking miracle within itself. Yeah. And the fact that you're on that set, this is the good time. This is when you're supposed to be having a great mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. 
And if you're sitting on your fucking phone and you're fucking miserable and like, having when a is today when end? is it going to end? Then why are you doing it? Yeah, exactly. Because today it's like someone gave you the keys to the fucking like Disney World with no no chaperone. Yeah, and you get to fucking run around and do whatever the yep. hell it is that you want to do, and you're going to sit there and go, "Why is this so fucking?" That's so. Then don't be doing what. Don't be in this world. Like if you're mm-hmm. if you're miserable on set, then that's how. I mean, that's how it's going to be. Just don't. Just get out of it. Don't be a part of it. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this. I've worked with several people that are like that. It's the worst when you get that one person who shows up. Usually a PA, or you sometimes grips. I've met some grips like it where they walk in and the first thing they go is, "So what time do you think we'll be out tonight?" Like, as soon as like eight a.m. and you know it's like you have like a probably a 12 to 15 hour day ahead of you and they're like oh do you think we'll be out before midnight it's like you're bringing that up we haven't even unloaded the truck yet dude you've tainted the whole fucking morning yeah yep. yeah and they you instantly have that gray cloud over your head and you're you become like the black sheep of the set mm-hmm. and there's nothing worse than that and then the producers are looking at you all day and the yep. producers are just like he's a pain in my fucking ass yeah and then they they're when you're sitting there and you're not doing anything then they put you under the microscope even harder they, mm-hmm. they're really like judging you harshly yeah that's a nightmare we've we've worked i'm not i'm not gonna say any names but there's been plenty of people we've worked with that have been like that yeah. uh and f- Fortunately, we don't work with them anymore. I well, don't. I mean, that's typically what happens. So, like, if you're someone new that wants to get on set and get some experience, and I, I get uh, young fans writing to me all the time mm-hmm. asking about that, like, what's the best way to get in the business? What's mm-hmm. the best way to do that? If you're interested in camera stuff, if you're interested even in directing and you, you consider yourself a visual director, mm-hmm. a great way to get in is to PA or to become, like, a low grip on the lighting team. Yep. Because you can really see from that perspective mm-hmm. how the picture comes together, how it all works out. And if you do do that, the best thing in the world to do, you, you'll constantly get calls if you're personable, mm-hmm. if you're fun to hang out yep. with, if you never fucking complain. Yep. You- Another note, too, is uh, the people that tell you how to do your job. Like, there's been times on set where there's been like a PA who's like, oh, you should do this that way. Don't do that. <laughs> I feel like oh that God. is a wicked good way to alienate everybody on the set. Because I've there's been shoots where uh, um, where we've worked with a PA like that that was telling someone how to set the camera for a shot, like telling the DP how to do it, and we're all sitting there looking at each other like, is this this like 18 year old kids trying to tell a 45 year old DP how to how to do this? He's been doing it for 25 years. Like that's not the right thing to do. And then afterwards, it was just them railing on that kid for the. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're there to learn. Ask questions. Definitely ask questions. That's the biggest thing you can do. But don't tell people what to do. And and, and if you if you want to know something, ask. You know, I never understood that. Anyways, like, what do you think is going to happen when you get into that situation? Like, I'm going to go in and show how much I know by telling this guy how to do his fucking someone job? that's been doing it longer than I've been alive too. Oh my God. Yeah, that stuff uh, doesn't fly on set. Um, and you'll just be made fun of and mocked afterwards. <laughs> but ask questions because I. Personally, I love when uh, a young person, like somebody fresh that's coming into the into the industry, and they come up and they're like, you know, what does this do? You know, why are you doing it this way? I love to sit down and, and explain myself through it and, and have them learn. Because yeah, I had people like that when I was going to college that were more than happy to show me different techniques and stuff. And you as well. Like, You've shown me plenty of techniques. I think that is so important to this industry. Like, if you're looking to get any kind of in, it's just listen to what everyone has to say and always ask questions. Because there's going to be people like me who just 
are more than happy to to spread knowledge and and help you out. I agree, and and with teaching, and 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 uh, helping out and having like a great assistance. I've had great assistance mm-hmm. over my career. Mm-hmm. Um, I get reinvigorated uh, when I teach. Mm-hmm. So like if someone comes to me and asks me something, I physically have to explain my process, which causes me to reflect on what my process is, mm-hmm. which actually makes me change a lot of my process as I go through that. So it's it's a healthy thing. And, and, and I think that there's a lot of older folks that listen to the show that are so concerned with bringing up the younger group. And mm-hmm. it's like, are they going to steal my techniques? They're going to steal my tricks. It's like, what the fuck are your tricks and techniques? I mean, they haven't been done for the last hundred years. Fucking hundreds plus years yeah. at this point. You know, like you're not defined by what camera you use. You're mm-hmm. not defined by those things. And who knows though, those young kids can also show you a technique that you didn't even think of. It, well, sure, man. I mean, how fast? Hold on a second. Oh. <laughs> They're in the fridge. Uh, how fast does technology change? You know, every I would say every two two years. I mean, we're constantly. Power's doubling, sensors are getting bigger, Dude. bit rates are getting higher. Dude, I mean, I turned 40 this year, and for the first time, I actually feel like I'm a four, fucking 40-year-old when I start dealing with shit. Thankfully, Gina's younger than I am, and she <laughs>, laughs at me when I come through, and I'm just like, I figured out how to tag uh, Instagram stories a certain way, and she's like, you're fucking 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> social media is a whole other beast. <laughs> I feel like I'm actually too old for social media sometimes. Mm. It's crazy. These kids these days, man. So I think this is a good spot to take a break and uh, promote some of our sponsors for the show. Uh, I am super excited to get the continued support from my friends over at Puget Systems. Are you in the market for a new edit system? Don't want to settle for Apple prices and slower hardware? Build a PC. I did. Well, I built two, actually. And, and honestly, well, I had my boys at Puget Systems build them for me. Um, Can't say no to that vigorously tested hardware, custom-built specs, and real, real customer support. Like, you actually get somebody on the phone when something's wrong. You don't have to go through that text bullshit and wait for an email back. I love that about these guys. I'm telling you, I cut everything I do on their computers, and I've had the oldest system now for about three years, and it's still going strong. Uh, It's upgradable. It's the way to go, guys. Uh, so go to PugetSystems.com and choose a package based upon the software you use. Uh, click the link below and tell them that I sent you. Next up, Rule Boston Camera. Do yourself a favor and rent gear. I'm serious. It's the smarter move. Uh, if you have clients that expect you to have the latest toys, uh, stuff that upgrades every month, uh, why would you buy a camera for thousands of dollars that you can't pay off. I mean, this stuff upgrades so quickly, guys. Um, I do this. I make sure that I set up a good relationship with my local rental house uh, because at that point I can be using all the newest stuff on the marketplace, stuff that is tested um, and stuff that is guaranteed. And I look really good uh, for my clients by doing it. Um, So uh, if you are in the Northeast, if you're in the New England area, I highly suggest you become friends with the guys over at Rule Boston Camera. They have the best gear in the market. They teach you how to use it. And like I said, they have full tech support. So if for some reason you're on a shoot on location and your gear doesn't work, you can call these guys up and they'll bring you a new one. Uh, it's a lot different than a lot of those dot-com rental sites that are out there. Uh, my clients love that. 
So uh, do yourself a favor, go check out Rule Boston Camera. We have a new sponsor on this episode, uh, spiffygear.com and their specular light. Uh, specular will make your life easier. Uh, carry less, light more, and have more options. With the CRI of 94 plus and specially filters, uh, Specular delivers a constant 5600K daylight balance light every time. Specular can be an 85 centimeter octobank, yet fits into a laptop case. Um, this is the only light you'll need. I just tried out this light. Uh, these guys sent me one a few weeks ago, and I used it on a product shoot that I'll be releasing the stills for uh, soon. It's really cool. It's like very bright light that you can actually shape into custom shapes. Um, and honestly, I think it's the perfect light for an eye light. Like if you're doing sci-fi stuff or if you want like a really interesting shape reflected in the eye of your, of your talent, um, the specular light is a cool one for that. So I would definitely go check it out. Go to spiffygear.com. Uh, so let's see. Let's see what else can we talk about. So enjoy your sandwich, bro. Mm. Take a minute and chew on your sandwich, buddy. Uh, okay, so let's talk about uh, where you continued. So you you ended up you went to school, mm -hmm. and then you started to get into doing. Did you do music video stuff before you were hanging out? With yeah, us? Uh, in college I did a lot of music videos because it was an easy way. F I I know I've always been connected to the the metal scene in Massachusetts. Um, mm -hmm. Guys like Killswitch, Shadows Fall. Um, on earth so i've always had connections with musicians and and all that stuff so i was always even when i was 18 i was going to studios shooting bands recording making little uh video packages for them to put on the web the early days of of social media and um yeah i would just do that and actually one of my final projects was a music video a straight up music video i just did from scratch and it kind of just gave me the freedom to try out different lighting techniques and mm-hmm try different cameras and it gave me excuses to <clears throat> rent like a certain piece of hardware and stuff like that. I think music videos are great for that. Like a great introduction to the world of filmmaking because it is, it's creatively very, um, it's very, uh, open-ended. Yeah. Open-ended. Yeah. Very, it's expandable. Like you can just build off of that music video, uh, pedestal. Yeah. Which is rad. Yeah. Yeah. You're, and you're totally right about that. I mean, when we were doing music videos, as a director, as like a film director, I was sort of like, oh, I'll do music videos because I'll, I'll figure out some stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we did yeah. where it was like, oh, cool. I really learned how to light really well mm -hmm. after doing years and years of music yeah. video stuff. Yeah. It just, you don't, you're not working with like a, you're not working with a set palette, you know, it just lets you kind of be as creatively free as you want. Right. Especially if you're the director, it's your video, like you can do whatever the hell you want. You can go crazy. And I, that's what I really liked about it. And then, unfortunately, to pay the bills, then you get the real video jobs that are the sterile, mm -hmm. trying to pay rent every mm -hmm. month, you know. I do a lot of work with Hasbro and a lot of their stuff. Like, I love the work. It's great. Except for the spoilers. I get so many spoilers from Marvel and Star Wars and all that stuff. But are you, uh, Like physical spoilers? Like, you understand what's, what's happening before you go see the movie? Yeah, yeah. So the big one, big one for Infinity War. We were doing all the new line of toys last year for Infinity War. Like, way before the movie was even, like, fully announced. 
and I got to see Stormbreaker and um, oh. I got to see Thanos's full setup, what he looked like in the film and the gauntlet and all that stuff, which is, <laughs> it's cool. I'm, I'm so, I hate spoilers, but I'm a huge Marvel fan. So like a part of me, that kid part of me was like so excited, especially because Thanos is my favorite villain of okay. all time. Okay. Right? Infinity Gauntlet, uh, 91, Jim Starling, uh, I think 91 or 92. That is the comic that got me into Marvel. The Marvel Universe was I oh, first, no shit. yeah, first major comic I read was the Infinity Gauntlet, and um, to see it adapted to film now is like is one of the most amazing things ever. And I love Josh Brolin, and yeah, I, uh, I'm such a Marvel kid. Everyone always asks me, Marvel or DC? I'm always Marvel. It's never the I just, I, okay. Hold on, I just like the the fact that you're like, look. I love my job at Hasbro. It's a great thing, but and I was expecting like the the next bit of butt to be like, but I have to work with kids all day. Yeah. <laughs> but I have to do this. But you're like, no, because of the fucking spoilers, <laughs> dude. And it's a lot of them too. Like Star Wars, I got a bunch of spoilers for Star Wars when that for, when the new movies were coming out, Force Awakens and uh, Last Jedi, and yeah, it is the worst part. Working with kids is actually not that bad. It, let me take that back. So working with kids is interesting. You learn a lot. Uh, because they're harder to tame than like an, an adult who's been doing it for a while. Yeah. But you also get like that genuine, uh, like when you get a kid to genuinely laugh and have fun with a toy is like one of the coolest experiences ever. Cause they're, they're so like, there's so much energy that comes from them when they do it. But then when you have the kids that don't want to work and they're having a bad day or it's ugh, hot, ugh. that is, that is the worst. That's a nightmare. But, um, so kids actually get excited about the toys. Yeah. They get pretty, they get pretty pumped. Like, um, I'm trying to think of like an example that I can talk about. Uh, usually a lot of toys that like have uh, like any kind of like Furby, you know, like the, uh, what would you call it? Like a uh, interactive puppet type of thing. Okay, like yeah. kids get so pumped for that stuff. How old are we talking now? It all, it all varies. It depends on the brand. So like Furby would be, um, I want to say Furby's like five to 10, I think. Um, and then, yeah, then uh, what's the other one? Bob, uh, Littlest Pet Shop. Is like a little bit younger, a little mm -hmm. like five and below, kind of. It all kinds of. It fluctuates quite a bit. Depends on on the brand, but we the oldest we do, we'll do Nerf, and that's usually the oldest we do, and that's anywhere from like fourteen to eighteen. Okay, so that's usually the limit. Then we'll have parents. There'll be some adults on set, but they're easy. It's yeah. mainly they're the background, and they're just you know laughing and crossing their <laughs> arms and watching the kids play with the toys <laughs> and stuff. They're just background noise. It doesn't surprise me that you like it so much, Jarvis, because you are essentially a five-year-old. I am. I am. Dude, I love toys. I love comics. I love movies. Yeah. I, um, and you've seen me on set. I can have some pretty childish humor on set. <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep it fresh, though. I think uh, if, if you grow up too quickly, you have like that uh, Peter Pan syndrome. You know? I think it's in our contract with Killswitch that we have to hire you if you work. If we do Kill I'm pretty sure Adam demands me on set whenever you guys work with Killswitch. They said he's also a living. He is uh, whatever, however old he's like forty or whatever. He's a forty year old five five year old. He is like he is such a child. He's a huge man child, and he's the best. He's so funny. Me and him just riff off each other all day long. He's hysterical. Oh, he is. I love didn't, those guys. Didn't you go do a, uh, you did a segment with him where you went to a brewery, right? Yeah, so we did, what, oh my God, what album was that? Was that Disarm the Descent? Do you remember? Was it not the last one? Was it the one before the last one? I don't remember. It was, I think it was the first one with Jesse back, right? Yes. So yeah, we did profiles on each member of the band and I went out with my good buddy, Steve, you know, Steve Vautour, the whore mm -hmm. church, little plug right there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
him and I went out and we followed Killswitch around on like a mini tour. I think they were out with Lamb of God and Huntress, I think. And uh, so we took each member of the band and we, we did multiple things with them. Like uh, Mike D, we he got a tattoo. We covered him getting a tattoo. Joel went oh, to right. the guitar store, played guitar. Jesse went to my dad's uh, appliance store and made pizza from scratch. I love Jesse. From Russo's. All oh, the ingredients are from, from Russo's. Yeah, Russo's remember again, Russo's again, right? So we all went to Russo's. I shot uh, the owner of Russo's gave us permission to shoot in the store. Oh no shit! And we went and Jesse went and got all the fresh ingredients. Then we went to my dad's store and he made the pizzas and um, and it was amazing. And you can watch these; they're released. They came out on the um, Beyond the Flame Blu-ray that came out a year or two ago. They're yeah. all on, as well as I think. The doc that you guys did with Heather, right? Yes. I think that's on it. And then the live show we did. Um, oh, yes. That's and the, also on there. Yeah. And the live show that I also shot of Jesse's first show back. The, we did the Halloween show. Yes. And then I did, yeah, I did the first show back with Jesse, which was like maybe two years before that first record came I remember, out with him. Yeah, yeah. I remember when you had done that. So yeah. it's a really cool Blu-ray. There's a lot of like good stuff on it. And <clears throat> there's uh, multiple documentaries, both from you guys and uh, they had some other girl do one as well. Yes, that's right. Um, but yeah, it was, that was really rad. I love those guys. Dude, we've always had so much fun. I mean, you know, since we're talking about Kill Switch, we should probably talk about the Always video because that, oh my God, that yeah. video, dude, that video to this day. It's like 5 million views. I just looked at it. The most, I mean, our Meshuggah videos probably get the most, mm -hmm. but... For uh, fan interaction, mm -hmm. I still have people like, like writing to me going, "Dude, I had no idea you were the one that did the always mm. video," and I was like, "I had no idea that people are still watching." I know, right? Watching it, it's got such a hard impact because there's so many. I just had a friend recently affected his. He lost his brother to cancer, and he messaged me and he's like, "Man, this video like hits home. Like this is like you encompassed everything I feel in this video. Like everything I had went through with my brother, and it's amazing to hear that." Yeah. And that was such a fun experience. Well, that was, I mean, I, I, I've told this before in previous episodes, but that was the, <laughs> the catalyst for us doing that video. And I think I did this, I told it to Jesse when I had him on the mm -hmm. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember listening to that. The catalyst for the, for the video was that we initially, we were supposed to travel Europe. Yes. Yeah, we I remember that. We were supposed to travel to Europe, and then the drummer, like, broke his ankle. His collarbone. Or his collarbone. Yeah, he fell off his bike. He went over the handlebars. Oh, bastard. So, a drummer of all injuries, too. A collarbone. Yeah. So he breaks his collarbone. So we were originally supposed to tour with them in Europe mm -hmm. and then do a music video in between shows while we were doing it. Mm -hmm. So then they call us up and they tell us the bad news that we can't do it. We had a replacement drummer. And I remember just Ian and I looking at each other and us being like completely fucking depressed. And I'm looking at him and he's looking at me and he's like, I don't even know what I want to do. <laughs> he looked at him and I'm like... Well, I have my heart set on traveling somewhere, so uh, we should uh, go to California. And <laughs> I had driven like partly down that coast a few years earlier, yeah. and it was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that, Route 1, I think? Yeah, the Pacific Coast Highway. Yeah, it's so gorgeous. Yeah. And so I was like, dude, we should just do a video that drives down that coast. That Heck way yeah. we can go on a vacation. We'll keep the crew really fucking small because budgets are are tight yeah and yeah and flying all of us over there getting gear and stuff and it adds up. put us up so like it was really tight and you were first on the list you yep. and tony were first on the list yep. and then we had to uh book uh people and i was like dude it has to be fun yeah like, we have to enjoy these mm -hmm. guys we have to enjoy everything so and of course who do we get nick yes we get nick our man nick and then um 
Oh my God. John my, Thompson. John Thompson. My brain yeah. just froze. Yeah. John was great. Too. He's awesome. What's he up to these days? He's, he was doing a lot of weird commercial shit. Like, I've seen him on TV. I saw him on uh, like a bank commercial or something recently. He's doing like a lot of old, like late 40s fucking like single men. stuff. Oh. Yeah. I saw him on a dating. <laughs> it was like a, a Silver Fox dating service or something. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the exact name of it, but I remember seeing him on it. Uh, this was couple years ago but yeah i'm glad to see that he's still working and stuff. he's a great dude i haven't he's talked to him awesome, i don't think dude. since that shoot no, i don't even know where he is i think he's out there yeah i think he? he's still in la he was in la at the time right didn't we just so. fly him and up we flew him up from, yeah. from la him that's and that's right yeah yeah because they were both pretty they were local boys and then it was the four of us me you ian and tony and but then you me and tony went out for first a week first that's or right. like a couple days it was a few days yeah. yeah and then ian met up with us holy crap you remember when we found the needle in the bathroom <laughs> Oh my God, I just remembered that. <laughs> so there's a scene in the music video. When you guys watch it, um, it's John, the older guy. He's got the gray hair. He's in a bathroom, like looking in the mirror, kind of like washing his face off or something. And there's like a green light above him. And what we did is we had an LED light strip, like one of those ones you, you glue to the wall, right? Yeah, I remember like early versions of that. Yeah, show. and I remember we lit that whole scene just with that strip up in the light. But as I was putting it up into like this <laughs> recessed light, I look over the top and I'm like, what the fuck is down there? And I look underneath through like the opaque glass and I can see a syringe sitting there with a little baggie of white crystals <laughs> just sitting there. And we all just stopped and looked at each other and we're like, holy shit, we're like, we're in one of those like drug dens. This was also like in Santa Cruz in like the shittiest motel ever, like on the, um, the boardwalk down there. And I just, I just remember getting it and just, we all just freaked out for like 15 minutes. I'm like, we don't want to touch him. I remember you calling from the bathroom. The guy, yeah. <laughs> guys, I think we have a problem here. Uh, I think I found some drugs. I almost touched it too. I'm glad I didn't touch it. Cause I was reaching my hand in there to push the light down. And I saw like a shadow move in the <laughs> opaque glass, the plastic that was covering, diffusing the light. And I remember just reaching up and looking in and seeing that. And the little bag was funny. I remember it was like a little like dime bag and it had like little pot leaves on it, but it was like, it was white crystals inside. It had to be crystal meth. I don't know my drugs, but it had to be crystal meth. Well, with that way that fucking town is. Yeah. I don't, dude, that's the same town that they shot Lost Boys in. Yeah. Remember the bridge was directly across the street from yep. the hotel we were at. Yeah. And that place is as depressing yeah. as that movie was. Like yeah. I was expecting to see... Little 80s vampires flying around still. <laughs> Mullets, blonde. But if you remember the specifics about that hotel, when we were booking it, so we didn't have a lot of money, and we were trying to get our locations from across country. Mm -hmm. So Ian went through the painstaking process of literally permitting mm -hmm. the entire coast of California for us. That's right. Yeah, all the parks and all the parks, beaches and stuff. We just didn't know. We couldn't tell until we got out mm -hmm. there. And then we needed to do a couple of interior scenes. And uh, some of them were like, we'll just figure them out. We'll get down there. We'll find a bar and we'll go and we'll talk to yeah. people in a bar. But then uh, I needed to, A, put us up and also, B, shoot a couple of hotel scenes. So I went and I found the fucking worst hotel possible because I figured I'd be able to just shoot stuff in there without asking them. Yeah. You know? And I went down, I talked to the guy, the manager, and I was like, yeah, we might do a couple photos or something up by the pool. And he was like, sure, you know? And... When I called him on the phone, I was booking the hotel rooms, mm -hmm. and I was like, look, I need to get a couple hotel rooms, and uh, the prices were fucking dirt cheap. It was like 80 bucks a night or, or something like that. And he looks, But it makes sense now. Well, he's, on the phone. <laughs> he's on the phone. He goes, he goes uh, uh, how would you like to uh, get the, uh, the wedding suite? 
And I was like, what is the wedding suite? What is the wedding suite? And he's like, uh, it comes with a kitchenette. It comes with a couch. It comes with a whole second room. And it has like two, you know, queen beds in it. And I was like, okay, okay. How much is the wedding suite? He was like, a hundred bucks a night. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we got that, that room. And if you remember, me and Tony were in it. And we walk in the room. And all of the comforters have cigarette yeah. burns in them. You remember the cigarette Do you remember the blanket, though? That was It was like one of those, like, like the mini golf turf blankets. <laughs> they were like, I don't even know what. The, it's like polyester or some shit. <laughs> and I remember us walking in. Yeah. I remember, first of all, the distinct smell of cigarettes. Those oh, rooms stunk. Oh, <laughs> but then you look, we look on the bed. Yeah. And it's just peppered with cigarette burns. <laughs> Well, do you remember too? Tony and I were joking because there was on the wall a run of spackle oh. that was like, and it looked like someone had a, a semi-automatic gun and had peppered all the way up. To yeah, the yeah, and there was just like the filled-in spots. Oh, oh my god, I forgot about and that. And the couch smelled like a urinal. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that whole room, everything about that room was trapped in the 1960s. It was like it was so <laughs> disgusting. I wish I wish I could get the proper term so people could get like a good idea of what that blanket was made of. But the best thing I can say is like midi golf turf. Yeah, totally. But I just remember the couch also had the same feeling as it. Like it felt like a microfiber brush, but like a little more, a uh, little more brash, a little har- harsher. But oh my god, it felt like at one point it was a really soft blanket that just had years of semen and puke. <laughs> just dried. Just dried. <laughs> we had a. <laughs> you almost had to like pull the shower curtain down and sleep on top of the shower curtain on oh top of the bed. God. Those beds were gross. Oh my! Did you stay in the room with us? I think no, we- Ian and I had an extra room. Remember, right. we got two rooms. That's right. And I split a room with Ian, which is like the story of our lives. Ian and I are always sharing rooms together. We, <laughs> him and I have like he's heard me talk in my sleep so many times. I'm sure he has an entire story written around <laughs> the shit that comes out of my mouth when I'm sleeping. I'm a nightmare, but. <laughs> No, it's Ian and I have become so close because of how many hotel rooms we've shared together and rooms in general. Like, that was so much fun. That was <laughs> that trip was incredible. Oh, do you remember the hat we got Ian on that trip too? The cockfight hat. <laughs> Ian, so Ian Ian always shaves his head, and it, and because of that, he can get sunburned on his head very easily. So he was like asking Tony and Mike and I. He's like, Hey, can you guys you know run out and grab me a hat while he was doing something? He was scouting or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know where we went, but we got to like that gas station. Remember they had the rack like on the ceiling of all just hats. Oh, yeah. And me, you and Tony sat there for like, we were probably in there for like 15 minutes trying to find a hat. We found the best hat. It was two chickens fighting and on the back it said cockfight. And there's actually a photo, I think, on my Instagram from what, five years ago, whenever that was. And it's Ian in the hat. He still has that hat. He wore it on one of the Godfather shoots we did together. It was amazing. And I was so proud of that moment. Me, you, and Tony were like dying the entire time. We had so much fun when we were out there scouting because we we went and we rented a, a convertible Mustang. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Remember? Yeah. And, and we basically did that music video at least twice before we shot that music video. Yeah. It was like the three of us. Mm-hmm. And we drove that coast and, and we would just look over cliffs yeah. to see if there was a beach down yeah, there. Yeah, basically I sat in the back of the Mustang and just shot out the sides, out the back. And then mm-hmm. didn't we... Um, we got, I remember Ian got, uh, was it from Matthews or Mitchell? He got the the car clamps too, the suction cups. Oh, yeah. Remember we mounted uh, Nikon to the front of the car? Oh, yeah, And we yeah, shot yeah. a bunch of driving shots with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was really cool. That was awesome for them to hook us up with that. Uh, I think it was Matthews. 
Oh, um, we were hooked up with it was either Matthews or it was Rod. I think it wasn't because Rod. Oh yeah, Rod. It. Rod hooked us up with uh, Rod Clark, like a, who was in an earlier episode. He was in the Vegas episode. Yeah, he. Um, what did he hook us up with? Filters. I think so. And like a map box and stuff. I think and so. He also just kind of like hung out and like did like assistant. He assisted everybody. It was awesome. He's a great dude. Yeah, I love that guy. But yeah, he. Uh, he, he works for what now? A filter company now, right? I think he's got his own. Oh, it's his own company. Yeah. High I, Format, is that the name of it? No, he used to work for them. He had okay. something called like uh, uh, Vineyard or Wine. I'm going to fuck it up. Sorry, Rod. It's like uh, Wine Vineyard Filters or something? Yeah, it's something like that. Because yeah. I remember a lot of his photography is like with the, it, it's like the filter with like vi uh, vines and stuff in the background, like the the wineries. I don't get it, but it's, he's it's a good Calif dude. It's California. Yeah, it's California. Everyone drinks wine in California. Yeah, but, yeah. Wine and marijuana. Yeah. Um, and then who was, um, and then we had the one other guy, Ian's buddy, who has since passed away. Bob. Bob, yeah. Bob was awesome, too. And he was he was kind of the inspiration. For the whole story. For the piece, because he had been diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, liver, right? Something it was something like intense. And yeah. then he thought he had beaten it. Yeah. And then he ended up passing. Well, when he was with us, he had already, he was in remission, right? Didn't, yeah. It had gone away, yeah. And then yeah. I remember Ian told us a couple years later that he had he was really sick, and then he, he unfortunately passed away, but... He was a really nice guy and funny as hell. He was joking. Uh, he was riffing with us just as much as like we were riffing with each other. He was amazing. Great dude. And he also works in the industry. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a sad loss when, when we heard that news. Ian actually, he flew out, right? Didn't he fly yeah, out yeah. too? Apparently that's the, the horn for, for Bob right now. <laughs> Here, we'll take a moment of silence so we can chew on our sandwich. You uh -huh. guys can listen to that car alarm. I'm trying to savor this sandwich. It's so delicious. Mm. Actually, I'm gonna grab a napkin. Oh yeah, fuck off. I am gonna grab a beer too. Oh, oh. Just been doing a little bit of down. Mm-hmm. Fucking horns. <laughs> you want one? Uh, I'm still chewing. I'm still. Yeah, yeah. Grab me something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did they get that horn? I think they did. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Mmm. Oh man, fucking cold cuts there are so good. Oh, spot on, dude. So good. There's other ones in there if you don't want. Uh, if you don't want. No, to. actually, I like Founders. Okay. I haven't had it in a while. I've been drinking. Uh, I was. Where the hell is? It? Oh, there it is. We were in Ireland all last week, and I just had way too much Guinness. So like. You've been everywhere lately. Yeah, I've been trying to travel a lot. Um, it's been it's been amazing. I I try to keep cultured, you know. Mm -hmm. But I love Europe so much. I've actually uh, my girlfriend's just discovered her family. Um, her mom's side of her family is from Galway, mm. Ireland. So we actually went out and visited her family out there and stuff. So she's trying to get her citsenship. Oh, cool. Possibly maybe move out there. They have a big film industry. Oh, like I've been looking oh, you're into thinking it. about it? Yeah, just for a little while. Maybe like a couple of years, you know? Uh -huh. I just, I love Ireland. I love the, I love the weather. I love the people. Every single time I go, we end up in a new pub and end up with five new friends every time. They're always in their 60s. It's always <laughs> old men drinking Guinnesses, <laughs> drinking Jameson. Um, but they're like the sweetest people ever. And, um, and yeah, the film industry over there is incredible. They have, they're constantly shooting. Every time I go over, I see production crews everywhere throughout Dublin and all like the suburbs of Dublin and stuff like that. No and, shit. um, and of course they shoot most of Game of Thrones there too, in Northern Ireland. Oh, so right. up in Belfast, unfortunately, I think production's wrapped on that show now, but yeah, they do. I mean, Winterfell is in the North. It's in Belfast, Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland. So. Cool, it's cool, yeah. I, I love it. It's my third time I've been there. We go I've every year. Really? Been. Yeah, I've never been. You would love it. I mean, food-wise, it's not the most expressive food. No. Yeah, There's no. not a lot of flavor. 
Uh, it's better than London. <laughs> London is very bland. Um, but in Ireland, you get um, some of the best beer in the world. Like Guinness does not taste the same That's over here as it does over there. There's something about it over there. I think it's the lime water or whatever. But um, yeah, it's a different world over there. It feels like Boston in a lot of ways, the, the old part of it. But uh, yeah, it's a very nice old city. I love it. I highly recommend going. Like you would have so much fun in Dublin. I, I did. I plan to do a bunch of traveling. Like uh, we, uh, I'm going to Italy in a couple of weeks. Actually. Yeah, with your with your folks, right? Right, with yeah, Gina and the folks. That's gonna be awesome. And we're going like we're flying into Rome, and then uh, we're driving up, and then we'll hit Lake Como and nice. sort of circle back. That's awesome. We're doing like ten days. That's awesome. That's perfect. Yeah. Like I did, I did two weeks in May, and it was like it was just enough. Like to, I got a little homesick by the end, but yeah, but at that point, and it's ten days of eating salty meat and drinking wine. <laughs> like it catches up to you by like day eight, nine. Yeah. So you're gonna have a lot of fun. Okay. I love, I love Italy. I've got a higher tolerance than most. Yeah, yeah. You you have the experience and the practice. <laughs> but, you know, you're gonna love Italy though. You're gonna fit in perfectly over there. Like, oh my god, everything about their food is incredible. Uh, so I was hanging out with uh, I was hanging out with one of the coworkers the other day, and uh, he was like, he was like asking me where I wanted to go eat, and he's like, I know you're a foodie, and I was slightly insulted. I'm like, because the foodie term is like such a fucking like Hips, pompous hipster hipster kind of yeah. fucking thing. It's like, dude, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm, I'm not a foodie. I just enjoy good craft, mm-hmm. and I enjoy it when people, like, if someone spends the time to make a great sandwich, it could be a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich for all that matters. Yeah, but if they put the love into it, it's the craft. Yeah, you can taste it. <laughs> you yeah. taste the love. I mean, dude, I grew up in a suburb outside of Boston. I grew up in Framingham, which is mm-hmm. like right near the Natick Mall. Right near where I grew up. Yep. I grew up about 15 minutes from Framingham. Yeah, so like right in that area. And when I was younger. There was none of this. Mm-mm. There was no craft beers. Mm-mm. You know, you would hit fucking chilies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you'd go out and, like, where are we going to go out for fucking, for shit? All mm-hmm. the ground round. Or fucking chilies and shit. TGI Fridays. Yeah, dude. So, like, it's such a, we're living in such a great time right now, especially for beer. Mm-hmm. Especially for beer. And apparently, helicopters. <laughs> wow. This place is such such a great sound. It's like today. a the marathon bombing all over again oh my god remember that oh this whole neighborhood was yeah because i lived i lived a quarter mile from here yep. at that time yeah this whole neighborhood was locked insane down. i remember watching you it was even that was before live instagram and facebook but you were like posting videos of updates throughout the entire thing it was yeah, awesome it was crazy because they were they had locked down it's funny how we just shifted gear so fast i have the worst ADD. i love it i'm sorry <laughs> I love it. But it was funny how they locked down. Okay, so I don't know if the listeners remember. I'm sure you do. There was the Watertown bombing, the Watertown uh, terrorist stuff that happened here in Boston. Marathon bombing. Oh, yeah, all stemmed from Marathon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I basically live in the neighborhood that got locked down. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I don't know how the city pulled it off, but everybody was under house arrest, essentially. You could it was martial law for like three days. Yeah. It was crazy. It was nuts. I and was in Brighton and they locked our neighborhood down. My street was blocked off. We crazy. had, they, they, they brought in, I think it was, I'm going to fuck the number up, but it was at least 15 SWAT teams from all over the state. Yeah. And they were all kicking around on ATVs. Yep. And those big armored trucks and stuff, the APCs and it stuff. It was ridiculous. And they're sort of driving through the neighborhood. So our whole spot was on lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it happened because... I had been out, obviously, drinking the night before, 
<laughs> and I woke up late, you know, because I was approaching my, you know, late thirties. So mm-hmm. you wake up twice a night to piss yeah, at that yeah. point. And so I'm waking up late to go to the bathroom and I'm in there and I'm pissing and I'm still a little drunk. And I, there's, I just hear this helicopter and it just slowly starts to register. And I'm like, it's like three o'clock in the fucking morning. Why is there a helicopter outside? Yeah, shit's going down. And then that should happen. And then we were all on lockdown. We couldn't tell what was going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the news wasn't really able to get in because I locked the whole neighborhood. Yeah. So reporters weren't able to get in. So all the information we were getting from people like you, like people right. who were on the street level. And it wasn't just me. Lou was doing it. Lou, That's right. Lou went and found a police band radio and he started broadcasting a police band radio. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Because we were, Steve and I were listening to yeah. it over at our apartment. So we're listening to what's happening with the, over the police band radio and then the police figured out what was going on. And it was funny because you could hear it at some point where they're like, they're listening. <laughs> like they would actually say shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I found an app that had all the different police channels mm-hmm. and stuff. So we were listening to stuff through the app. Um, and uh, so I started tweeting, you know, because there was a bunch of people that were uh, interested in like a yeah. bunch of my family were asking yeah, questions. It was like a national thing at that point. People were all over the country were tuned in. It was yeah. Crazy. So I started tweeting the fucking thing. And... Um, our friend, um, uh, one of our good friends, I won't mention her name, one of our good friends was the one that shot that video out of her door of the, the gunfight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so I remember she, that. So she shot that, and she ended up sending it to me and saying to me, like, what do I do with this? Like, there's some people calling me about this. Like, how do I handle this? Crowd's trying to help her negotiate, like, a good fee, especially when you start dealing with people like fucking Fox News. Ugh. You know, it's like go give it to somebody. Fake news. Yeah, give it, give it to someone that matters. Like, yeah, just ignore their phone calls because they were up our shit. They would call me. They were fucking. They were calling everybody. Going, yeah. Uh, you know, give us your feeds and Crazy. and for a minute, I almost that morning, I was like, you know, being the camera guy that I am, I'm like, I want to go out. Yeah. So I went. And I fucking grabbed a camera. I threw on a hoodie. Put a hoodie on. I walked by a mirror and I looked in the mirror and I went. Why am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> I look sketchy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why am I doing this? You would have been stopped, though, almost immediately. immediately. There were cops everywhere. Immediately. And they all had assault rifle. It looked like we were in the middle of like a police state. It was crazy. Yeah. I've never seen so many cops in my life. Absolutely insane. It was nuts. It was nuts. And to wrap it all up, basically... I ended up on fucking BBC. That's right. Yeah, I remember. That. I remember. It was really... It was a wild, like, 24 hours. It was a wild 24 hours. Ah, that was so crazy. I was actually with Gina when the bombing happened. We were shooting yes, uh, yes. in that kitchen. Yeah, you remember that? It was like she was doing like the 50s style uh, uh, like housewife shoot. Yep. And I remember we were shooting and I remember we could not use our phones because there was so much traffic on all the bands that we couldn't, couldn't use phones. And, and Gina and I are like, what the fuck is going on? Like social media was going crazy and... Like I was trying to make some phone calls to call because my my parents were probably worried because you know on the news the bombing happened all that stuff and I just remember we could not get through to anybody so we just continued our shoot we did it for the rest of the day and by the time we got out of the shoot I think we were in Medford or Everett or something by the time we got out of the shoot the traffic had kind of died down and it all was just all the investigation was done on Boylston Street and it quieted down a little bit but that was insane. <laughs> Oh my God, that whole week. That was one of the wildest weeks I've ever experienced. 
Well, there's, crazy. there's nothing. See, what I pride what I pride myself for on this podcast is actually having discussions about relevant and uh, and like topical news. How long ago was this? <laughs> it's like, Me and you were just like we're, we're just a fire hose, man. We're just spraying information of all different types in all different directions. <laughs> all right. Well, let me check in. So we're at about an hour right now. What's your schedule like? You you still got time? Yeah, I got. I I have to be at three o'clock. I got to pick up Kira. So. Okay. I gotta give her a lift, but yeah, so we can we can chat for a little bit longer. Okay, cool. awesome. Like at least another like thirty minutes. Okay, cool. Okay, so I know it's abrupt, but I'm gonna stop the episode here. Uh, we've hit about the hour-long mark, and I think that uh, any doctor would prescribe only an hour of listening to both me and Jarvis uh, ping-pong ideas all over the place. Um, but we talk about lots more stuff and I promise I'll put together a special mini episode in the future, uh, to give you guys more Jarvis. Uh, thanks for listening. And if you have been following Mike Petchy on Instagram, uh, you know this, that this week I released the title and the new poster for my new short film. Who's there? I'm really excited about this guys. I have finished this film. I finished this film back in like March and I haven't been able to talk about it for a while. Um, and I'm finally able to start releasing some stuff. Uh, so definitely, uh, continue to follow me on Instagram. If you don't yet, it's just Mike Petchy on Instagram. I'll be releasing information on, uh, festival releases for it as well as a trailer hopefully soon. Um, so definitely go check that out. Um, I'm really excited about this film guys. It's beautiful. It's scary. Uh, it's just plain awesome. Uh, I'll do an episode talking all about it in the future, I promise. Uh, in the meantime, remember, if you guys sign up for Audible by clicking the link below, we get paid and you get a 30-day free trial plus a free book. Uh, it's the best way to support the show without reaching in your own wallet. Uh, click below and to sign up. I'll have a link there below. And even if you cancel after the first month, we still get paid. It's a good deal if you ask me. So if you haven't yet, uh, also go follow In Love With The Process POD on Instagram or go to our official site, inlovewiththeprocess.com and leave me some feedback, guys. Uh, what is your favorite episode so far? Uh, what would you like to hear me talk about next? Uh, you can leave those questions on Instagram. You can uh, type a note. You can leave them under uh, graphics, wherever, either on Mike Petchy or on In Love With The Process POD. And then I will try to read them and answer them on the show. So let's get more interactive, huh? I'd like to hear what you guys want to hear from me. I want to hear what you guys are thinking about. So please leave me some notes. And with that, I'm going to go make a sandwich. I'll see you later.